This episode of WTF Wars of Food is brought to you by the Diplomat Beach Resort in Hollywood. Book your stay now at DiplomatResort.com. Live from Miami, Florida, TheFoodie.com presents WTF Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. Yes, and we are back. What's going on? It is Nick, aka The Foodie, and this is a brand new, spanking brand new. I just took off the wrapper off of it. A brand spanking new episode of WTF Where's the Food? If you don't know already, we are a food podcast that's simply amazing. We talk to chefs, we talk to some local food bloggers, all that fun stuff. We give you food news, food porn of the week, cocktail of the week, and so much more. If this is your first time listening to us, I truly appreciate you for listening. Thank you again. This is episode number 15 of WTF Where's the Food? My name is Nick again. And of course, you can follow along with the show. We have social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Of course, we got an amazing website as well, TheFoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. And just like in the past, every week I put up an episode rundown. Basically, it gives you all the recipes if we talk about any, uh, get to know who we're talking about, see it, put a face to the name. Also, links for tickets, all that fun stuff. On the website each and every week for the episode rundown, thefoodie.com. By the way, you can listen to episodes now on thefoodie.com or you can just subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can leave us a review there. I would love you forever. So let's run down uh, episode number 15 because it's a great one. And uh, thank you guys for coming back and listening. Chef Richard Hales, you've seen him on Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, Guys Grocery Games, Beat Bobby Flay. He also has some amazing restaurants down here in the Miami area. He is the chef and owner of Sakaya Kitchen, Black Brick Chinese, Bird and Bone, and the famous Dim Sum A Go Go food truck. He's going to join the show. A great, an amazing conversation with him. You're going to want to stick around. Lots of great information. Also, I got some food news on Starbucks because they got a new espresso roast. Also going to get you the latest on Taco Bell. And, of course, In-N-Out, which never adds menu items, has brought back a menu item, so we'll get you updated on that. Plus, the food porn of the week from my friend over at Everything Delish, and of course, the cocktail of the week brought to you by Spirited Miami. So let's jump straight into this bowl of cereal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let's kick off episode number fifteen with my conversation with Chef Richard Hales. So Guy Fieri dubbed you the Ninja Flavor Town. You are the chef owner of some amazing Miami restaurants like Sakai Kitchen. Sakai Kitchen is the first one. Then we opened Black Brick and uh, Bird and Bone and then the Dim Sum Go Go food truck. Which are all amazing, Thank by the you. way. So we'll talk about all these great restaurants in just a second. But uh, you're from Louisiana, right, originally? Right. Right. Then you moved to Tampa and you, I read online, you were doing something about like bread delivery or some kind of delivery. Yeah. yeah I, uh, in Tampa, growing up in Tampa, there's tons of Cubans there. Yes. Uh, I love uh, my wife's Cuban. Um, I love Cuban food, so I had a friend who that was, doesn't. Yeah. If you don't, we have problems. I know you. You you're you're fucked up. If you don't. <laughs> but um, my friend owned a Cuban bread bakery, uh-huh. and I was uh, working at a, a like a big CAD drafting place, and they herded us into the conference room one night. And I was working eleven to seven. It was like the graveyard shift. I mean, it was the living dead there. They so heard you do deliveries from eleven to seven. No, well, before I started oh, that, before. I was working for got I was it, a got CAD got draftsman. Got it, got it. They herded us in, and they fired two hundred people at one time from this company I worked oh, for. Oh, how kind of them! 
I know. Corporate America. And they read from a paper, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I will <laughs> never work for anybody ever again. So I went, and my buddy, I went to his bakery, and he said, look, you can deliver, or you can just start your own company and buy the bread and deliver wherever you want. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I started this little company called Hills uh, Distribution or something, and then uh, I delivered Cuban bread. I would sell probably about 2,000 loaves of Cuban bread a day. So is the, the bread in Tampa as authentic as it is down here? If it's even authentic, I feel like it's I mean, a Miami you know, thing. there's a lot of people here like Seth, Gonzalez, <laughs> the Burger Beast that will, you know, boo and Argue, hiss. Yeah. And, okay. But Tampa has the best Cuban bread. I mean, wow. They, they, you know, here they use water and flour. I can hear Burger Beast now. I can hear them now. There, they use water, flour, and the whatever, the yeast, whatever. But then they put this massive block of lard in Love the dough. It. And it, it that's what makes it soft inside, crispy outside. Then they put the palm leaves on it that split the top. They're three feet long. That You have butter. my full attention right now. <laughs> it's, it, it's the best. And when I go back to Tampa... Sometimes I put it on Instagram that, I mean, I'm just moaning in the background. And I'm like looking at it. You're smelling it. It's just like, but that is the best Cuban bread. But that's how I started in the business. I, I delivered Cuban bread and I sold that business and that money that I used, I sold, I went to culinary school. Did you always want to be a chef when always. you were? Always. Never, never thought of anything ever doing anything else. So why do the other stuff first? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm okay. unfocused. Okay. You know, I'm like a procrastinator. I'm like impulsive. So, oh, look there, you know, like I'm like a dog, you know, you just throw the ball and I go running in that direction. But um, I used to say to myself, oh, when I win the lottery, and this is true, I, when I win the lottery, I'll, I'll go to culinary school because I felt like my parents want, my mom wanted me to be a doctor and my dad wanted to be a lawyer. My dad's, you know, was very successful in his business, and he wanted a lawyer in the family. So, I, you know, it was a lot of pressure. And then I was like, one day, uh, forget it. Like, what, what am I gonna win the lottery? What are you, a fucking idiot? Like, uh, inner dialogue. And, <laughs> I mean, I pray every day I'm gonna win the lottery. Right. I would love to win the lottery, but then I realized that I was not gonna win the lottery. <laughs> And I went to culinary school. I was in business school at USF, and I dropped out, and um, I went to culinary school in New York. And you did the culinary school thing, and then you know you started working with John George. I worked for John George um, right out of. I didn't know who he was at that time. He had <laughs> uh, he had just he was just about to open John Giorgio and Vong and JoJo's, and um, the chef that I worked for, I asked her, I'm like, you know, what should I do? And she said, if I had to do it over right now, I would be working for John George, and I didn't know who he was. I went to the school, culinary school, and I was like, do you have a connection there? And they said, yeah, we'll call and we'll set up an interview for you. So I go to Vong, and he actually was there. Was there, And he answers the door. It was like 8 in the morning. And I have a resume, <laughs> and I'm like fresh off the boat from Tampa. I don't know. I, don't, I have no clue what I'm doing. I get it. I get it. I don't know who he is. You're just, I'm just rolling the dice. At ignorant bliss. Okay. I mean, you know. So I give him my resume, and he looks at it, and obviously there's nothing on the resume. The deliver <laughs> delivery bread in man. Tampa, <laughs> the bread man. And then he just hands it right back to me. He says, sorry, you don't have enough experience. And he closes the door. So I knock on the door. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And he says, hey, whoa, 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 yeah. what, are you, what am I doing? And I said, listen, I came all the way from downtown 
all the way from downtown. And the restaurant wasn't downtown? It was in 53rd Street. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like in Midtown, you know? <laughs> and I said, I came from all the way downtown to see you, man. And then he just turned around and walks away. So I start following him around the restaurant. He walks through the kitchen. He walks down into the basement. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's looking back like he's I'm scared stalking. At this point. Yeah. He, I think he's worried that I'm going to attack him. Okay. And then he goes all the way to his office, and I'm talking the whole time. Hey, I could do anything. Don't worry. Just put me anywhere I can do. I just got out of culinary school, which is so stupid. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. And he just kind of. It changed. I could see something in his face change. He's like, all right, I want you to work the Garmage station uh, today. And it was restaurant week. And restaurant week in New York is like our Miami Spice okay. or where Miami Spice came from. And you would do like five or 600 covers for lunch, you know, which Great. is brutal in yeah. any kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he put me there and I did well. And then he said, okay, I'm going to put you tomorrow on the line and I want you to assist the fish cook. And I did that. And then he said, okay, assist the meat, the um, saucier the next day, cut meat. All I want you, all you're going to do is cut meat. I did that. And he said, okay, you got the job. I mean, they didn't pay us anything. It was like 400 bucks we got for 70 hours a week. That's crazy. I didn't care. Yeah. I, I would have done it for free. I mean, we were practically doing it for free. It was fun. It was like boot camp. You know, it was a lot of partying going on. I was in my mid-20s. So it's the best. It was the best. And then you did the cooking thing, and then you came back to Miami, and you did yeah, some wine stuff. Wine director, there. come on. I was in Hong Kong, um, and John George had asked me to help a chef de cuisine in the Mandarin in Hong Kong that was transferring there from New mm-hmm. York for the Vong. And while I was there, they said, you know, you're from Florida. They were opening in Miami. Would you be interested in going? And I said, sure, I would. And I was backpacking through Asia. When I finished that, I went to Miami. Michelle was there, um, and I originally I was supposed to be Michelle Bernstein's sous chef, and then at the last minute she changed her mind, and they put me as the chef in what used to be Cafe Sambal where Lamar is. Okay. And I was called the Asian chef, which is really weird. You know, you see like <laughs> the, Not title. even Asian guys. <laughs> and then you see this big white guy show up. But um, I did that, and it was very frustrating because I went from, like, this high-level John George working in Hong Kong, New York, and then sort of like, okay, fire the cod, fire the chicken fingers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I used to just put my head down, <laughs> and then I threatened, I told a cook one time, I said, he gave me some bad bok choy or some bullshit, and I said, listen, would you pay $29 for that? And then I slammed the plate up and the food in his face, and I told him, listen, this is what I want you to do. As he's wiping everything off, I said, take your knife, go home, and slit your throat. <laughs> do us all a favor and kill yourself. Oh, my God. So needless to say, I was in HR the next morning, <laughs> and the HR director is like, you're fired, and then the executive chef is like, no, he's He's too good. We need him. We need him. And I was like, look, I, I can't work in this kitchen. And I ended up switching, becoming the sommelier or the assistant manager first of Azul for Michelle. Mm-hmm. And then I became the sommelier. Just started doing it for free. The sommelier left. I was like, I'll do it. I want to learn it. And I wasn't officially that. And then I did that for about seven or eight months. And then I became the sommelier of the restaurant. They asked me to do that. Then I became the wine director. And then I became the corporate wine director for 
what was basically the Americas for the Mandarin. Now, you've always loved the Asian culture and cuisine. What's what's kind of like the draw? What drew you to I this? mean, I just love, like, the, I am part Asian, though. I am Filipino, part Filipino, right? yeah. yeah. So I, I always grew up, you know, I grew up eating soy sauce and vinegars and chilies and garlic and, you know, from my grandmother. And um, I just love the culture. You know, I lived in Thailand for a little bit. I've been all over Asia, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan. I just, um, I have a real affinity for the cuisine. And I just, I don't know if it's because growing up eating my grandmother's food that I just have a real affinity for the balance of it. You know, the sweet, the hot, the spicy, the sour. Are there any of your grandma's recipes that are in your kitchen today in some of your restaurants? Um, only in uh, Sakaya we do her egg rolls that she rolls. used to make, the the Papa's egg rolls. Those are hers. that We we called her Papa for some reason. She's a woman, but uh, we called her <laughs> Papa. <laughs> so you came back to Miami, and you finally opened your first restaurant, right, Sakaya? Right. I came back to Miami. I took about a year off just drinking beer and watering my lawn and my wife worked. And I actually considered, I mean, you know, maybe I should just be a house husband and just screw all I like this. it. It's the yeah. dream. It is. It's the dream. I mean, I think today with the whole conversation we had about McGriddles to your front door, <laughs> that would have been the ter- tipping point where I would have said, yes, I am going to stay home <laughs> with shipped and uber eats and all of that i would have i would have stayed home um but uh my wife got you know we got pregnant and i was like oh shit i gotta i gotta <laughs> you find gotta something. Do something and that's when i found sakaya i was actually putting a bar together because i was you know in wine for the wine side of the business mm-hmm. for eight years and i had only cooked for four years before that mm-hmm. so i had great experience but short and um so i was opening a like kind of like a a liquor bar, but with a lot of wine and food was in the background. And like top of style, kind of like what everybody does. Right. It was, you know, 2008 um, uh, when I was talking to them and nothing was open in Midtown. I was going to be where, um, right next to where Sugarcane is. Okay. Um, and uh, I was making a deal with them and I went to that Five Guys that used to be next to Sakaya and the Sakaya space was empty, but it was called. Uh, Captain Joe's uh, seafood mm-hmm. and um, it was empty so I just went in there to the guy and I said hey uh, what's the problem <laughs> <laughs> I mean like five guys line is out the door and um, what's wrong with here and he said uh, he said I mean I don't know who are you and I said well I want to buy this place you want to sell it and he said uh, you know, who the fuck are you basically? Like, get out, you know? And then I calmed him down a little bit and we sat down and he wanted like, I think $200,000 or something like that for the place. And I offered him 30 and like, <laughs> like big baller style. I was like, I got 30,000 in my pocket and right drop now. A mic on him. And I was like, look, it could be yours. Just like that. <laughs> Just like a fucking asshole. This, it could be yours right here. $30,000, you know? It's a lot of money carrying it, and uh, he ended up. We ended up settling. I bought I bought Sakaya for fifty thousand bucks. Wow. Yeah, I mean it was the deal of the century. I bought every new, brand new build out, everything, and I still went broke in the beginning. But uh, um, it was Sakaya, and then we opened Black Brick. I mean, look at Sakaya now. How many times have you guys been on diners, drives, and dives? 
uh, I mean, a million times that episode is aired, and now all the time, right? And then now I'm Black Brick is on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, and we were the thousandth location. And I mean, just now they they aired it um, six times since Christmas that wow. episode, and they're airing it two more times in February. It's great because it you know it's a great show. Guy's great. Um, he's very generous, super, super nice guy. I mean, he, uh, he really, he has a ton of money and the guy's fucking loaded. I know. Right. <laughs> he's loaded. Right. And not to talk about his money cause yeah. he deserves it. He, works but he hard. does the show just for guys like me, just to blow us up on the food network to give us like an eight minute commercial on the food network. Cause that's basically what it is. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. You know, and he does it for us. He he's done it for like ten years, and there's a big like crew of us, you know. And we're going next week to his birthday party to cook for him. Um, and he does like stuff like that. He'll invite like seven hundred people to his birthday party and throw a massive party for them, bringing comedians, bands, just for people that interact in his life somehow. That's incredible, and that's yeah. kind of the the stuff that a lot of people don't know. They don't. Know they criticize that. him for a bunch of other stuff, and they don't know the the good stuff that he. No, does. they criticize him by sight. You know, they don't like the way he looks or he acts. But the guy, like I even, uh, I just recently won um, uh, twenty thousand dollars on his show, Guys Grocery Games. Okay. And guys, very generous. He gives to charity. So I said, you know what? I was feeling like very <laughs> emotional. <laughs> And I was like, all right, I'm going to give half of my winnings to charity and I'm going to split it amongst the guys that I just beat. And so guys like break and, you know, people got tears in their eyes. Even guy, he's like, man, nobody's ever done that before. They take the fucking money and whatever, not faulting anybody, yeah. but they're like, nobody's ever done that. So he cuts and then we come back and then he brings the guys back and everybody's crying. I'm trying to not cry. I mean, it's just not a pretty sight. It doesn't look good. <laughs> and um, you know, and I had offered I can I split it with you? He's like, "No. I mean, I give millions to my charity." I mean, he does. And he gives millions of dollars, you know. And we ended up I still haven't received the money, but once we receive it, you know, we're going to just uh, distribute it between the three of us cuz on camera guy said He's going to split it all. And I said half. <laughs> so that was that got edited into the show. So I was like, all right, whatever. But uh, he's like that, you know. And that's incredible. Yeah. And speaking of Black Brick, in 2014, Bon Appetit magazine nominated you guys for the top 50 best new restaurants in America, right? Yeah, I was blown away by Did that. Did that kind of change? Did that change anything for you with the nomination? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it changed a lot. I mean, the, the crazy story about Black Brick on that day, because they had contacted me about two weeks before mm -hmm. and said, you know, asked me some questions. And I just thought it was Real an article. secretive. They don't tell you what it's about. But then I had already been published in Bon Appetit. I had a recipe in there. They had already named my food truck um, top Asian food truck in the country. Um, they talked about Sky Kitchen. So I just thought, Okay, it's just an article, and they want my opinion on something. I didn't know that. And then the morning that the 50 came out, I, you know, of course, like any other um, sane person in this world, <laughs> the first thing I do is I look at social media before my eyes are even open Same in here. my bed. You, So I, I look and I see the Bon Appetit, it's blowing up that the 50 or whatever. And then I was, it just like two and two put together. I was like, 
no, please. And I was shaking. <laughs> I went to my desk and I was uh, I was like, please tell me that I'm on the top 50. And I was blown, blown away. I mean, I, I that just like floored me. And the funny part it was at that moment at Blackbrick, we were popular, but it just wasn't making any money. I had like $3 in my bank account for Blackbrick that morning because I remember thinking like, shit, I just got top 50 best restaurant in the country. I can't close. <laughs> I was thinking about closing the place, wow. you know, because it's just people didn't get it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing a lot of Sichuan stuff, Hunan, things with cumin, and it wasn't like just honey chicken and fried rice. It was, you know, dandan noodle and, you know, spicy mala and things like that. And people just, guys like you, yeah, you got it. But I'm the few. <laughs> yeah. But that you guys don't necessarily pay the bills in a sense, like the foodies, right? They don't keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. They get you a lot of like attention in the beginning. That. But you need you need. I'm the not crowd. saying you as a, I know, as a media general, person. I'm saying a foodie. And mm-hmm. the foodies, they, they, they have to keep moving. It's like right. a roving tribe, you know? And it's the regular people that really don't give a shit about food. You know, they want to go out, but they don't really care about food like we do mm-hmm. that keep the lights on. And nobody got it. Nobody understood it. Nobody, and especially when we got the top 50, people were like, this is the top 50 restaurant in the country? It sucks. They don't even have honey chicken. <laughs> you imagine? Like, I'm sitting there, and I just want to, like, punch everybody. You know? <laughs> you know? That's, that, that's crazy to me. Right. We never tried to be even, like, the high end. I said, okay, you have Hakkasan, and you have, like, Joe's Jumbo Buffet. I want to be right in the middle. Yeah. I'm happy in the middle. Price point wise. Everyday restaurant. You can go any day of the I week. I want you guys to be able to go a couple times. But then it was kind of naive because I was even thinking, I don't even want to eat Chinese food a couple times a week. I want to eat like once a week. Mm-hmm. Now our base, we're in our fourth year. Now our base has gotten so big that that once a week is really translating into the restaurant being full throughout the week. Which is right? incredible. It's great. You know, I mean, we're now, Sakai is nine years in Midtown. Black Brick is starting their fifth year. So it's just, it's it's insane. I can't even believe it. I mean, I can't believe you're about to close it. I, I was about to close it a few times. And, I, and I, I've even thought about selling it in the past. Um, and it just is in a weird spot in Midtown. There's no parking there. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't help. Like, you've been there, and mm-hmm. it's like you're roaming around. I park in the garage, I walk across the street. Right. You know, and you are one of the few people that do that because nobody likes to do that. I know. You know? I like to drive everywhere. <laughs> right. You know, and. Because there's nothing to eat where I live in the burbs. Right. Now, I remember when you had the taco restaurant, right? Right. Central Taco, right? Central Taco, yeah. Um, what year was that? It was uh, two, about two years ago. Two, two years ago? Two years ago. Three years ago. And I went to once, and I apologize for not going more than once. Um, and I thought it was phenomenal, and it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. It. I loved the restaurant. I was very happy with the food. Um, it was the first time that I brought in a chef de cuisine to work with me, um, and I still loved the food. It was part my style, part his style. Mm-hmm. And I was happy. Opening day, I was like, man, we got it. You know, I remember I went the first weekend, stacked, yeah, which yeah. is great. And it was packed and everything. Like I said, the foodies, they'll come, and for three months, you're They you're disappear. Crazy. 
right? But th- this one fell off much faster. Um, you know, like I, I lost $270,000 on that. I mean, I, that number, I'm going to like put it on my gravestone. Um, <laughs> but it w- I think if that was before Sakaya or before Black Brick or Dim Samagogo, then um, I would have folded because it was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know, it was losing. I The build-out was a big portion of that 270 but I was losing about $30,000 a month. And uh, I closed it in the middle of the third month. I walked in there on a Friday. I There was nobody in there. It was fucking dead. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we have a problem here. Yeah. So shut it down. Well, at least it, you 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 grew to realize that it was a problem, yeah. and you know, just shut it down. I just early. cut my losses before I let it let it bleed out. Yeah. Don't let it. Bleed I would out, have just... bled me dry, and then it would have affected the whole sort of restaurant mm-hmm. empire that I have. You do a little <laughs> mini empire you got going. My any mini. any thoughts of bringing it back as a pop up one day? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that. This you know, uh, besides the food truck opening in Central Taco, Bird and Bone which is my latest restaurant at the Confidant, um, was originally going to be a Centro Taco. Interesting. That was the first idea that they came to me. They were like, we love this taco place that you had. What happened to it? You know, oh, well, I lost my lease. I was bullshitting. You know, I lost my <laughs> lease. And, you know, I didn't say, like, you know, I went out of business because I suck. You didn't but, suck. Uh, <laughs> just people didn't get it, like right, you said. Nobody got it. And, you know, and I've taken those chances, though, because Sakaya Kitchen, when it opened, that was not mainstream. I mean, it's like to do Korean tacos and all that. Nobody under, really understood that. Well, I feel like the location, too, like Midtown at the time right. wasn't the Midtown that we know people now. People thought it, I was crazy. Yeah. They, I mean, they were still selling crack outside, yeah. even though it was all shiny and new. They were selling crack there. But people said, why are you going into the mall? It doesn't make sense. John George, travel all over yeah. the world. And then you open a fast food place, you know, in a mall. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And um, it was completely different. Everything was empty. The sugar cane wasn't even there when I opened. Yeah. So, but that was a chance there. Black Brick was a chance, and it almost killed me so i was like you know very arrogant in a sense where i may have the midas touch where i could pull these things out maybe they don't make a ton of money but they're critically successful Mm -hmm. right so i'm gonna open this taco place and i got a lot of flack from like the blogger community like oh he's bandwagon jumping he's done he's not a pine he's the pioneer typically but now you know a lot of this undertone of like you suck you know no reason for no reason. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm doing good things here. I'm yeah. creating jobs. And it's a new restaurant. You know what it takes to create that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it really hurt me. And, and it was embarrassing in the beginning because I had, like, some functions planned, charities and stuff At the after mm-hmm. um, with Centro Taco involved that really I could have just played. And I went ahead and did these things. And, you know, me, I'm a – you know, big proud motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm very pleased with myself. And it was a very humbling experience yeah. to close something. But then I learned a lot. I was like, who cares? You fucking stuck your neck out. You got your head chopped off. But here you are, still standing. You know what I'm saying? Still valuable. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, come open here at the confidant. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, you know, it took me a while, and then once I got that, but we started to get back to the confidant. We started talking about Central Taco. Um, then they felt like it just wasn't the right 
thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, for me, I want to do American. I really would like to, if you really want to make a splash with me, let me just fucking forget the Asian shit. Let me do a, American. Do something new. Let me do something new that's going to push me. It's going to push everybody's idea of me. And let's see what happens. And they were very good. I give it to the Hyatt. I give it to the confidant people that uh, were in charge at that moment and also today, but that they just gave me free reign. They said, you know, and we approached it as like a hospitality company. Mm -hmm. Um, It really grew my business in a sense where I said, okay, I'm going to do Bird and Bone, which is the bar and the restaurant. We're going to do the backyard. We're going to do... Uh, the little house, which we're going to take over basically the whole, house, right. whole property. We're doing the pool, the beach, in-room dining, and banquets. And we're going to make it very unique. It's going to take us about a year to do this. And we're just in the middle of like finalizing the in-room dining menu. But we have Bird and Bone. We have the backyard, which has its own distinct menu. And then we have the pool and the beach that share that menu and a little bit of little things from bird and bone and then the in-room dining has its own menu that we're about to launch in february and then the banquets has like a sort of an international menu but then like our touches and i said but not only am i going to do that i'm not coming in here as a chef i'm coming in here as a curator i wanted i want live music so now we've just implemented our happy hour which is four to seven and we have live music every friday at the restaurant um, at the restaurant outside in the okay, backyard. Cool. And it, the place is enchanting. You've been there, I've but been the there. place is like an unknown gem in the city of Miami, I believe, because I didn't know about it before I started to talk to them about taking the place mm-hmm. over. And I spent a weekend there, and I was just enchanted. It's awesome. Right? And then in the beginning, there was a lot of club. They were having promoters there. I was like, listen, trust me. Get rid of that stuff. Make it for professionals, but cater a little bit to families, Mm -hmm. you know? So those are the things that we approach. It's sort of like not just a chef, but a curator, you know? And it, it really, it really is working. It's really working well. I don't mean to get off topic talking about uh, bird and bone, but food halls, huge, big trend right here in Miami. We need one highly trying to petition it. Would you put central taco in a food hall? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, I think that's the right thing for it. You know, it's something that you need, uh, that people love, that they understand. Um, you know, I've avoided a lot of the food halls. I I was approached by all of them, and I just, I, I don't know, I just didn't feel any of them were right mm-hmm. for what I wanted to do. And they're very close to my existing restaurants. And You're right. You know, and I thought about that with Central Taco, but I'd love to be in Hialeah somewhere. You've been part of the Miami food scene for some time. Is there one wish you have for the Miami food scene in 2018? That we continue to grow, you know, that it it continues to move in the direction that it's going, um, that we can sort of, the consumer could be a little bit more friendly to new concepts, right? Give them a chance. I mean, it's a very difficult thing. Even the writers, be don't be so snarky. Be kind, people. So now back to Burn and Bone. You got brunch. You got happy hour. You do the breakfast. You do the lunch. Do you have a? You brought some delicious food, by the way. Do you yeah, have a we, favorite item we, on the menu? Well, the fried chicken. I mean, we we do have brunch, and we you've definitely been listed as one of the best brunches in the city. The chicken and waffle. 
Uh, we had like a cheddar waffle with chicken with maple bourbon bacon and syrup. And I mean, that's sort of, I mean, I'm not inventing anything there, but we're just making probably, I, I believe we're making the best chicken in the city. Um, I would agree. I, I've, I say it, you know, and we've been voted top best chicken in the city. Uh, the New Times put us up there. Um, I gained like 30 pounds uh, <laughs> testing this chicken and every Smart. brine Smart. and every flour and every timing and how long we cook it, twice cook, once cook, three times cook. What are we cooking in? Lard, peanut oil, you know, it's it's endless varieties. That's why chicken's different because you can do so many different things. But my favorite things are some of the things we brought here, the 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 fried chicken, which is we're riffing off Nashville hot chicken. My wife's recipe for the cheddar biscuits with the um, strawberry preserves. Um, the bird and bone burger was obligatory. I added it. I, I put it on the menu because I thought, okay, we need a burger. I didn't realize how good the burger was going to be. What does is, what is Burger Beast think about it? He says that it's probably one of the best burgers in the city. And I'm saying that on here because he told me that. He said, if not, and I, I just competed in the uh, Burger Bash in New York City, and he was like, I think you're going to win with that burger. I mean, he told me that. We did not win with the burger, but he's like, I think you're going to win with that burger. Would you put up, you know, you got a great burger. Would you put up your hot chicken against any hot chicken out there? Yeah, anyone. Anyone. Guys like me are taking the focus away from Nashville because we're making really good It should be just hot called chicken. hot chicken. I call it Chef Hale's hot chicken. We don't call it Nashville hot <laughs> chicken. And we did it when we opened. Mm-hmm. But then people were like, oh, it's not Nashville hot chicken. It's I've been to Nashville and you guys suck and fuck you and fuck your mother and close your place. And, you know, like, please, we're just trying to feed it's you. Damn hot chicken. People. It's hot chicken, man. But um, so we took Nashville off and we call it Chef Hills because I have a massive ego that I need to <laughs> fill all the time that I need my name everywhere. Um, no, but we called it that because I, I was like. Defending myself and saying, well, it's my version. So I was like, all right, just call it Chef Hale's Hot Chicken. Are you going to be doing this hot chicken at Sobe Wine and Food Festival? Yeah, we're going to do the chicken coop. Um, We're doing that uh, with the hot chicken and waffle. We're doing that. Last year we did the uh, hot chicken, and now we're doing the bourbon uh, chicken with the waffle, uh, fried chicken, and uh, some uh, pepper jelly on watermelon, which we have here for you today. But uh, we love that um, event, and we love being part of the community for that. And I'm glad the Confidant is is doing that with me. Now you have uh, your your restaurants have amazing food. Where else do you like to eat in Miami? Um, people are gonna call me a whatever, but I I love uh, I love uh, Hillstones. Who doesn't? I mean, I live in Coral Gables, so that's like my go to. Um, but I. Um, I I love uh like I you know Eileen I go to Finca every once in a while um I what is the way I've been going lately that I really liked um you know I like Danny's places I go to Kush and um the spillover the one in mm-hmm. Coconut Grove I like that he's doing a great job there um I love Cuban food and I love Haitian food so I'll go to like Chef Creole and just get griot you know and Pickley's and and my go-to on Cuban food, though it's um, or one part of Cuban food is El Mago. I go Love there 
on Saturdays with my my youngest daughter, and we sit at the counter, and uh, she she'll eat like about ten croquetas, and uh, we eat the the chicharron, and we have like we split a Frida, and it's in the soup. I, Ayako, what is it called? Ayako, I think you're right. Yeah. Ayako. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you put any of your restaurants in like New York, or I know you said you want L.A. Which which would come first? Yeah, I would love to have a place. We did a pop-up with Bird and Bone and the Confidant in New York City at Smorgasburg. Um, we did two days there. It was a huge success. I mean, we took over the city. I mean, you know, we were at places like Condé Nast and Food and Wine, and they were like, if you have this fried chicken here, I mean, you're going to crush. I mean, you're going to crush people with this fried chicken. And they just said, what you should do is don't go below 14th keep it above because everybody's down there, you know, trying to be yeah, go somewhere know, new, kind of like go, what you did in Midtown, right? Go somewhere new. And we're, we're going to eventually do that. We were just looking in Charleston. Um, I may look in Savannah again. I've been looking there. Um, I want to go to Austin. I want to do a lot of these kind of like secondary mm-hmm. cities. And then, uh, I'd love to be out in LA. I'd love to be in the West coast, but, um, um, it's a, it's just a, it's such a big trip. Like, you can't go there for a weekend. Right. The southeast I can manage, I think. It's still sort of in my backyard. Um, Guy uh, Fieri wants to open a black brick out in Santa Rosa. Wow. Um, you know, I don't know how how that would happen, but he, he wants to do that. <laughs> but uh, So if I go out there to California with him, then that may, be, may open that market. But, you know, the thing is for me, I don't have enough money. That That's the problem, you know. You, <laughs> I would be open everywhere. I think Sakai Kitchen would fill that Chipotle, the Asian mm-hmm. Chipotle. You know, people always say that. Where is it? You know, mm-hmm. they try to do it's the out Asian there, Chipotle. Waiting. And, like, I think Sakaya could do that. I think it could it, it could scale into a national concept, you know, but um, I refuse to take partners. So I just <laughs> uh, I have to toil away and <laughs> and maybe not be, you know, be the – the 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 next great thing that just never happened you know i get it well chef thank you for coming on we've had a great conversation tell people how they can follow you and all your amazing restaurants uh i am uh on instagram what am i (laughs) am i chef hales or (laughs) chef richard hill i think i'm at chef richard hills and uh but the the confidant is uh at bird and bone m-i-a um or at the confidant and then at Sakai Kitchen at Midtown Chinese at Dim Samagogo. <laughs> <laughs> just check them all out. Just yeah. Google it if yeah. you, you're having problems. Yeah, just Google. Just go to chefrichardhales.com and it leads you <laughs> to everything. You get to see everything. A big thank you to Chef Richard Hales. Of course, if you're in the Miami area or visiting the Miami area, make it a point to check out every single one of his restaurants. You will be blown away. Now, what do you say? Let's do some food news. So it's a new year and Starbucks is kicking it off the right way. Starbucks has officially launched its first new espresso since 1971. Now, Starbucks launched the Blonde Espresso last week and is available in their lattes, flat whites, macchiatos, 
cappuccinos, and Americanos, and the blonde espresso consists of beans from Latin America and East Africa, having a balanced sweetness according to a Starbucks press release. Now, make sure you check that out at your local Starbucks today. I've had it. It's amazing. I love it. And uh, I'm very excited for this next thing. After months of guessing, Taco Bell is finally launching fries later this month. Taco Bell is launching nacho fries on January 25th. They will be available on the dollar menu at Taco Bell, served with a side of nacho cheese. They're also going to have a $5 box with fries, a Doritos Locos Taco, a cheesy gordita crunch, and a medium drink. There will also be loaded nacho fries, which I'm most excited about. So make sure to head on over to Taco Bell on January 25th to carb up. Now, In-N-Out is bringing back a popular menu item. Now, In-N-Out hasn't added anything to the menu in over a decade, but that has officially changed. In-N-Out has brought back hot cocoa to the menu. Now, the hot cocoa comes with marshmallows on top and is made with Ghirardelli chocolate. So if you live near In-N-Out or happen to be around one, check it out. Let me know what you think because down here in South Florida, unfortunately, there's no In-N-Out. And now we're going to jump straight into the food porn of the week this week. It comes to us from Everything Delish. You can follow her at Everything underscore Delish. And she was uh, actually in Miami a couple weeks ago. And she visited one of my favorites, Harry's Pizzeria. And they have these amazing chocolate chip cookies that will blow your mind. She had them and she took the most epic food porn picture ever. That's why it's this week's food porn of the week. Now the cookies are made with Verona chocolate baked in the pizza oven and then topped with sea salt. It is mouthwatering. It's just They're so amazing, and when you see this picture, you're going to know what I'm talking about, and you're going to want to come down to Miami just to have these, and I'm just saying I need to have these cookies on rotation at the house like once a week. I just need to have these cookies. So you can see it for yourself. I just reposted the photo right now on Instagram, at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E, so make sure to check out the picture and give us a follow, and also give uh, at everything underscore delish a follow as well. Now it's time for the cocktail of the week brought to you by Spirited Miami. Make sure you follow my friends over at Spirited Miami, at Spirited Miami. And this week, it's a Suntory Toki Whiskey Highball, and you can get this at Zuma in Miami. It is simply perfect. This looks so damn good. It looks so refreshing, too, and it's just a beautiful shot of the cocktail. And you can see it for yourself right now on Instagram. Just reposted it at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And that's going to wrap up episode number 15. Thank you guys so much for listening and coming back. We are back now. We got great episodes lined up for you in the coming weeks, so you're going to want to look out for that. A big thank you to Chef Richard Hales for coming on the show. Great interview. And, of course, you can listen to full episodes on our website now, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Posted all the photos that we talked about, cocktail of the week, uh, food porn of the week. Also, you get tons of food photos on our Instagram as well. If you listen to us on iTunes, make sure you leave us a comment. We'd truly appreciate it. You can subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Of course, the episode recap is up right now, thefoodie.com. And we'll be back next week. It's going to be a good one. I promise you that. I'll leave you with that. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's going to be a good one. So thank you again for listening. My name is Nick. This is WTF Words of Food. And always remember to hashtag never stop eating. <laughs>